God's holy word is filled with wisdom and life, and the Church Fellowship of Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut, is blessed to have this opportunity to spend time together with you in the scriptures. Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo, and this is the radio broadcast of Shi'ar Jashub, featuring the Bible teaching ministry of my husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo. If you have been following our programs, you know that we are currently in a background study in the Old Testament on heavenly authority. Today we will be concluding the sermon from 1 Samuel chapter 6 on the return of the Ark of the Covenant to Israel. Last time, when Pastor left off, we saw the Ark come into the city of Beth Shemesh after its Philistine captors suffered destruction by its presence. The cart carrying the Ark stopped at the field of Joshua, and the Levites took the Ark and placed it on the large stone of Abel that was in the field. But the men of Beth Shemesh made the mistake of irreverently looking inside the holy ark. Before we go back into the sermon, I would like to take a moment to invite you to Sunday service at Shir Jeshub Christian Tabernacle. I think you will find it a unique experience of Bible study, worship in God's Spirit, dynamic prayer, and communion. Our services are at 10 a.m. at the Memorial Hall on Meeting House Lane in Madison, Connecticut. Now, let's rejoin Pastor Greg. As far as the ark itself is concerned, when speaking about the restoration of Israel and Judah to the Promised Land, and speaking about the new covenant that would come, he says, the Lord says, through Jeremiah the prophet, in Jeremiah chapter 3 and verse 14, Return, O backsliding children, says the Lord, for I am married to you. I will take you, one from a city and two from a family, and I will bring you to Zion. And I will give you shepherds according to my heart, who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. Then it shall come to pass when you are multiplied and increased in the land in those days, says the Lord, that they will say no more the ark of the covenant of the Lord. It shall not come to mind, nor shall they remember it, nor shall they visit it, nor shall it be made anymore. So there's a point that the ark is not even really relevant because we have the fulfillment in Christ Jesus. Yet to them in Samuel's day, they should have showed it reverence. They should have treated it with godly fear, a wholesome awe. Given all the history of the Exodus and Moses and the presence of God coming down at the tabernacle, and the fact that they treat it in a common way shows really how they feel about God. When the presence of God comes upon this earthly box, what is it? It's a touch of heaven, right? It's a touch of holiness upon it. And here they're either ignorant, these men of Beth Shemesh, of Israel's history, but remember even the pagans, the Philistines know about the ark and are superstitious about it. And given the response of the people at Ebenezer, you know, bring out the ark for us, they know better. It's just that they're irreverent. They're offensive. They're going beyond what's 
proper and right. They're excessively forward and familiar with the things of God. Sinful men not recognizing their sin and coming near this touch of heaven, this symbol of God's holiness, the place where his presence has touched. And maybe to them it was just a curiosity also. Maybe to them it's just a talisman or a charm like the Philistines. Maybe they're saying to each other, hey, why don't we see what's inside? Let's see what makes it tick, where its power comes from. We can approach it. We can touch it. We're good enough. But God is no respecter of persons or nations or people. He will not bless sin. He will judge sin. He judges it in the five Philistine cities. And even when it's in the camp of those who are supposed to be his own people. And here, 50,070 men are struck. Now, a few, a few Hebrew manuscripts say 70. And hence, if you have an NIV, you'll see 70 there. Some scholars feel that the majority of Hebrew texts that say 50,070 certainly had to be a copyist error, because how could so many die? It must have been the whole area falling down, the majority of the area dying. But the text itself, and there's no debate on this, says it was a great slaughter. And certainly 50,070 is a greater slaughter than just 70. Just because we can't imagine such a thing happening. 30,000 died at Ebenezer. And now another 50,000 die because of their irreverence, their familiarity. Their, well, I'm okay, you're okay, we can all touch the throne of God. When they opened the ark, what did they see inside of it? We should know this. They saw the law of God. They saw the tablets of the Ten Commandments, right? They saw the rod of Aaron, staff, right, that budded. And they saw the golden pot of manna. It is God who provides miraculously. It's not some trick that's inside the ark, right? He provides the manna. It is God who chooses who and how sinful men can approach the holy God, right? The rod of Aaron was the one that budded. And it's his word that we must understand. They've broken his word, right? It's his word we must understand, not superstitions. It's his word, what he says. That's the power of the ark. God's provision, God's choosing and God's word. And what do those who remain at Beth Shemesh say? Maybe only a few. Verse 20, and the men of Beth Shemesh said, who, who, who is able to stand before this holy Lord God? Now they get the idea. He's holy. And to whom shall it go up from us? Where can we put it? Who can stand before this holy Lord God? What a question. And who can give a home to God's presence? Where's the ark going to dwell? And what a question. And here's the answer. Humanly speaking, no one. That's the bad news. No one, the men of Beth Shemesh, the Philistines, none of us can stand before the holy God. Sinful men cannot touch that holy seat. So how much more can we touch the highest heavens? How much can we approach the throne room of God? No one who is able to stand before this holy Lord God, no person is holy enough. There was only one human being who could. 
because he never sinned. And he could walk into the throne room of heaven itself through the veil of the curtain in heaven by the perfect offering he made of his shed blood. The only holy one, the holy one of Israel, Jesus Christ, is the only one who could stand because he is very God. He can stand before the presence of his Father. We can't. The good news is that in Jesus, in him, in that ark, everyone, no matter who we are, no matter what we've done, no matter what nationality, Philistine, Israelite, Gentile, Jew, male, female, young, old, everyone can stand in the presence of God, can stand before the holy God because we've repented. We're not familiar with the things of God as to say, hey, anyone could just go to heaven. That's the common thought today, right? Hey, I'm a good person. I guess I go to heaven. Most people in the street believe they're going to go to heaven. Why not? That's the familiarity, the presumptuousness of the men of Beth Shemesh. In that sense, no one goes. But when we repent, when we recognize, Lord God, you are holy, I am not. I don't deserve to be there. Only one, the perfect image of you, your son Christ Jesus, only he could stand in your presence. Then it says what? When you receive a righteous man, God will give you the righteous man's reward. We don't get what we deserve and what the Philistines and the men of Beth Shemesh deserve. We get what Jesus Christ deserves, and everyone can stand in the presence of God through him. True repentance, acceptance of what only the holy God can do. Next time, Lord willing, we'll see how Israel, finally under the ministry of Samuel, repents. But let's just finish up and see what happens to the ark of the Lord. Verse 20, And the men of Beth Shemesh said, Who was able to stand before this holy Lord God, and to whom shall it go from us? Verse 21, So they sent messengers to the inhabitants of Kirjath Jerim, saying, The Philistines have brought back the ark of the Lord. Come down and take it with you. And so the hot potato moves on again. Rather than repenting, here, you take it now. And this is a city on the boundary, you see it on the map up there, of Judah and Benjamin, Kirjath-Jerim. Chapter 7, verse 1, Then the men of Kirjath-Jerim came and took the ark of the Lord and brought it into the house of Abinadab, Abinadab Uzzah's father, on the hill and consecrated Eleazar his son to keep the ark of the Lord. The ark of the Lord remained in Kirjath-Jerim a long time. The ark is brought into the private house to be kept safe. Someone is consecrated to look after it. Often when institutional religion grows cold and unbelieving, when institutional religion fails, as happened up in Shiloh, often the faith is kept safe under God, kept alive in the small house churches in the small meeting groups. Doesn't mean the things of God shouldn't have proper reverence as they had at the tabernacle. Remember what's gonna to happen to Uzzah because of irreverence. But God can use a small house, a private house, a small consecrated group to keep the ark, to keep the word safe until he does a new thing, until he brings revival, until David comes and brings the ark to Jerusalem 
and Solomon then takes and places the ark in this magnificent temple. God will use that safe house, that small house, when the institutional and organizational religions grow cold and fail and believe no more. Let's stop there. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Father, we thank you for the field of Yeshua. We thank you for the rock of our faith. We thank you for he who is the ark of the covenant and the word of God. Father, we thank you for the sacrifice that allows us sinful men to be able to come near a holy God. Praise you, Lord, for all that you do. You are that you are, and there is none like you in all the world. Amen. You have been listening to the teaching ministry of Greg Scalzo, pastor of Shear Jeshub Christian Tabernacle of Madison, Connecticut. We hope you have enjoyed today's study and will be listening as Pastor Greg continues this fascinating and important series. It is always a blessing for the church to hear from our listeners. Our address is Shear Jashub Christian Tabernacle, Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut, 06405. That address again is Shear Jashub Christian Tabernacle, Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut, 06405. Sunday service is held at the Madison Memorial Town Hall on Meeting House Lane in Madison. May the Lord keep you safe in His blessed hands, as with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, you serve Him.